Random House Audio presents Fierce Leadership, a bold alternative to the worst best practices of business today, by Susan Scott. This is Susan Scott. Great things are not accomplished by those who yield to trends and fads and popular opinion. Jack Kerouac. Introduction. You are always practicing something. The question is, what are you practicing? Martial arts sensei. What fresh hell is this? When I was five and woke with my hair glued to my pillow because I'd fallen asleep with chewing gum in my mouth, and when our dog lifted its leg on the neighbor's toddler who ran to his mother screaming, Dad, doggy peed on me! And when my brother's forgotten silly putty melded forever with the fabric of our new sofa, and when my dad gave my mom a set of pots and pans for Christmas, we anticipated my mother's trademark comment, What fresh hell is this? Fencing foils went over much better the following year. I sometimes find myself muttering this same phrase as I sit in meetings with leaders who have apparently gone round the bend, given their latest mandate, guaranteed to ensure fresh hell for all involved, taking the company in the opposite direction from where it wants and needs to go, or when a comment, a throwaway for the person who made it, lands with an audible thud, and now, well, now we're into it. This puzzles me because the leaders I know are highly intelligent people with invaluable experience on the firing line, a decent amount of humility, a wicked sense of humor, and a strong desire to grow their companies and champion change. They're usually on the right track, and much of what they do works. Yet so many pour considerable time, intelligence, and cash into significant sinkholes, practices, with no good outcomes and, in fact, costly implications. I would excuse the perps as well-meaning, but that term is demeaning, as in, she means well, but is clearly in the late stages of mad cow. It's not that we're trying to deliberately sabotage our careers or our companies, it's just that we don't always recognize the implications of our practices. Because most of the time, those on the receiving end of our questionable ideas don't bellow, are you nuts? Instead, most flinch, then shrug it off as life in a Dilbert world, to be expected, what can I do? I'll lay low until this latest hell blows over. What we need is squid eye. Squid eye. My friend Paul Lindbergh, an advanced Aikido practitioner and killer jazz musician, moved to Hawaii as a teenager and soon began diving with native Hawaiians for squid, a highly prized catch that could be sold for a tidy sum or taken home and served for dinner. But after weeks of diving, despite the fact that the local guys always caught plenty, he had caught only one squid, which must have been stupid and unfortunate. The squid, not Paul. When he expressed his frustration, how come you guys catch squid and I don't? The Hawaiians laughed and said, you gotta have squid eye. What the hell is squid eye? They explained. It's the ability to see the squid while he is blending into his natural environment. It's the ability to see him just being himself. 
It is the ability to see him even when he doesn't want you to see him, to see him even when he is hiding. Be advised, he is very skilled. You must understand, he is there. The Hawaiians began to tell Paul many things about the squid. For example, one might see a few small stones lying on the bottom of the ocean and understand that the squid put them there. When Paul saw those stones and maybe some shells, they told him to look for a small hole at the base. Knock, knock, Mr. Squid, are you home? Come to dinner tonight. It was tough to spot the first mound of stones, like looking for morel mushrooms you can't find any, and then suddenly stumble across one. Once you know what you're looking for, you realize you're standing in a patch of them. As Paul puts it, Seeing squid means you see many things that others cannot and do not see. It means having sight in the presence of the